This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode 51. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. Well, we're back. Episode 51. Pete, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. Being brought to you live from my dungeon office and your dungeon office. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, let's just jump into uh, our next topic on the issues that leaders face. Sure. So have you ever walked into a room or had somebody walk into a room um, and maybe you're in a meeting uh, or you're it's a party or something like that, or you're just in conversation and they they walk up to you and just make some sort of comment or a joke or even just start talking. And it's very obvious to you and maybe everybody else around you that uh, they have no idea what's going on at all. Mm. Uh, been there. Sometimes that's been me. Um, and that's super embarrassing. Um Maybe, maybe even keeping up this conversation and you've been in the conversation, right? And then you respond and you think that you're saying something in keeping with the, where the conversation is going, but they look at you like they got three, you got three heads. I've had that happen too. Um, or, you know, maybe you laughed at a joke that wasn't a joke. You ever done that? Yeah. Oh, that one. Hurts. Really? Oh yeah. It's they like laugh so bad. You, they say something, you laugh and they're like. Oh, I'm not joking. I'm like, oh. I knew that. Totally knew that. You feel like a complete moron, right? Yeah. That's, I think those are really good examples. I think all of us identify with this of not being able uh, to really understand what's going on or not really being able to read the room. Yeah, no, ex exactly. And one of the things that pops into my head, um, a moment I've got a lot of these moments. This is why this is a good topic. This is because right. like I've got stories for days on this. Um, but our, I remember one time going out when I was out in the field doing electrical work and um, I was at a cow farm, right? And the there was some stray voltage happening, okay? So voltage in the ground somewhere, probably going to like a cow's water trough or something like that that got loose. And um, the cows were like basically bucking anytime they got to a certain point on the ground. So makes sense. I'm walking out there with this uh, farmer and um, <laughs> we're walking over to it and I'm telling him kind of explaining like, yeah, I think this is what's going to happen is what is happening or whatever. And uh, and I think it's, you know, you know, hitting the cows and stuff. And he was like, so stray voltage in the ground, like that's a bad thing. And I just started laughing like that was the dumbest, dumbest thing. You And he looked at me and he goes, I hired you because I'm not the electrician. And I was like, oh, my bad. Like, he was right. He was right. I shouldn't. I right. just, but I laugh like, yeah, that's, that's a bad thing. Obviously. Um, right. But this episode is going to be a tad less tangible than normal ones, um, but not less understandable. Like being able to read a room to pick up on the tone of the conversation or the nuance 
of body language is a gift for sure. Yeah. But it's something we all can continually get better at. And we really should lean in and try to get better at. So um, thinking that conversation is just about what you say and all that matters, like, is I said it and it doesn't matter. Like, if it didn't work, it's not my fault because I said it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's a problem in this as well, is that yeah. you just sprout whatever you believe. And then, well, I don't know why they didn't understand. It's not my fault. Um you didn't explain it well and reading a room, understanding people explaining it. Well, wasn't even the point, right? Like it's not the point. If you don't understand where the room is at, like this is akin to taking a sunflower seed and putting it in the middle of a asphalt road and then be like, why didn't it work? The seed's got all the powers. It should be able to grow. This is stupid. Right. Why, why isn't it happening? That's what we do when we think that just, because I said something and it didn't hit, like that's their fault. Reading a room is about being able to understand what work needs to be done to convey the information, to land the point, to help bring value. If you cannot read a room, then it's, you're gonna be that person, person who's just throwing seeds into the middle of an asphalt road and not understanding. You gotta do some work and make sure that You've understood the environment. You've understood the, the the tone of the room and whether what you're saying is even appropriate, okay? Because there are times that we just say things and we miss kind of that appropriate perspective, right? So yeah. um, I think walking into a room should take a little bit more delicacy. And um, well, like, have you ever walked in a room that you got to the door and on the door, it said danger and then said something else like, no. okay, well, I, I have, okay, Peter, Damn, <laughs> Not dude, come on, read the room. I'm looking for, <laughs> yeah, I'm right. looking for some feedback. Gee whiz. All right. Yeah. So if, if you can't tell, we do have an electrical commercial industrial company that right. Peter has never been out in the field. Apparently I, um, I've been in the field, well, Peter, well, Peter, no, apparently Peter, I get my cute hat, hard hat on and. Sometimes on doors, it says danger, construction, or beware, oh. or beware of dog, you know? Yeah, I've Thanks, seen those man. in movies. Good. You've seen those in movies. Okay, well, yeah. the movies were based off of a thing called real life, too. Cool, so, good story. Anyway, I think reading a room, like when you go through one of those doors, and I'm going to just kind of help bring context to you, Peter. When you cool. walk through one of those doors that says danger something, your antenna kind of come up and as you're walking through you're kind of getting this hey what am i looking for where like you're reading a room differently because you know there's a potential for danger i think being able to read a room well it is almost it would almost be good for us to have that mental perspective of hey danger ahead yeah so just to to kind of bring it to perspective for me too, just so you know, I, I have been in situations where I've had to read danger in the room. Um, but there was no sign. It was more of, I stepped out of, I used to drive a uh, armored car, um, and pick up cash. So for me, the danger was entering or exiting the vehicle. There was immediate danger all the time. And we did have to learn to read the room for all the people in it, what was going on, be observant of what's going on. I wish that I did have this sign that said danger, situation right or danger yeah. rough conversation so i totally get that 
you've literally seemed to have done every job. I don't. I think on this podcast, you have at least dropped like ten jobs you've done. The only thing I've not done that I can think of off the top of my head that most people have and would identify with is is uh, retail and restaurants. I've never done food service or retail. So, yep, I've done both of those. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but like the whole thing of having that danger sign or that like walking into a situation kind of like you're talking about and understanding that there's a potential for danger is that you're you're more sensitive to the surroundings. The surroundings do become part of your awareness. Um, you start to think like if, if we're not careful when we walk into those places and we don't read the sign of danger on the door and we just kind of like rough roughly walk in, like we're going to do danger to our reputation. You're going to do danger to other people. And I don't necessarily mean physical. I mean, like you could like cause people to not feel safe in their environment because you're the yeah. bull in a China shop. Right. Um, and, and you could do danger to your customer and knowing how they feel. Like there have been so many times that like we'll go on job sites and believe me, I know like I've got slicked back hair and, you know, waxed eyebrows. I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> waxed eyebrows. But anyway, my point is like when I go like we're construction does have a 10 tends to have a rougher demeanor, right? Or a rougher tone or a rougher voice. But I think the people who really stand out are those who know when to use that and when not to use that. And the ability to like see who else is around you because it is it important to the product. You know, we talk about all the time that your people, the people in your team are not a means to your product. They are part of the product. And when people can realize that and read the room and you see a customer who's coming out onto the job site, yeah, maybe we, we've got to be a little more careful. Take the attack on our approach. Maybe not have the the phallic jokes and other things like that going on at the time. Um, you know, like take the attack off. And I've, I've had to, I've had to be talked to about this out in the field. I've had to help other people on our team understand, like you are not less you by taking that off. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we get, we get so used to hearing, um, our own voices in our head. And if we're not careful, we can do like, like, like we basically just haven't censored ourselves is really what it is. We hear ourselves in our head all the time. And we don't, when we hear ourselves in our head, we don't censor ourselves. When we get out places, we can't just only be in our head thinking that that's the environment we're playing in. Like we, we probably do need to censor ourselves. And like I said, censoring yourself is not making you less authentic. And I think that's a hard struggle for people like, well, I'm going to be me and me's me and like if I if I don't just get to talk and do everything I want to do, like then this is ridiculous. Like I'm not saying that the point is um, not to be you. I'm, but you're, you're going to offend people. You're going to hurt yeah. people. You're going to trample over what they're working with too. I yeah. am not, and I want to be careful here because this is like this is a fine line here, and I'm not I'm not trying to go into some crazy woke side of things here, but. I'm not saying the point is to not offend people. I'm really not like we're going to offend people. That is very, very likely to happen possibly daily, but let's not do it out of ignorance. But yes, there's, there's a time to say what you need to say and it needs to be said and it offends people. Then that's kind of okay. 
but that's not all the time. And that's not because you have a hard time censoring what you're saying. Okay. There's, there's a time that you can cut up with your friends. There's a time you can say the jokes or speak the way you want to, but grandma's 80th birthday is not that place. Okay. Right. Or, you know, at a funeral, being able to tell all the stories about you, you know, fighting in this war and doing these, yeah. that might not be it. Okay. Like take the attack off. Um, it's okay to censor yourself. You're not censoring you. You're censoring your approach to the situation. Hmm. Uh, this makes me think actually, is, this is where I was like, I, I know I need to start censoring myself a lot better. Um, because you stay in environments where you're not censoring yourself or you're going to go into new yes. environments and not censor yourself. You do mm -hmm. need to have some of that. Uh, and I'm not just talking real quick. I'm not just saying like, don't cut like the cussing and like the jokes, like they're censoring right. the tone, right? Mm -hmm. Like having a really aggressive tone. Well, and it, you go into a situation where there are a bunch of little kids, maybe don't have the yep. really aggressive tone. Um, yep. You know, somebody's about to walk off a, you know, a cliff or fall out of a window do have the aggressive tone yes. that is a great time for it but right knowing that and so censoring yourself is not just don't cuss uh it's more than that but this this makes me remember a time where um i was teaching some middle schoolers how to do electrical work okay so i love doing this i love going and being <laughs> around kids and like helping them catch vision and catch purpose and connect to like if they're mechanically minded, connect to electrical work. And so what we were doing for this was uh, installing switches, right? Like understanding how wire connects to install. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I think it was a receptacle. Install receptacles. And okay. on a receptacle, there's a brass screw, there's a silver <laughs> screw, and there's a green screw. Okay, I'm teaching everyone electrical right now. If you're not paying attention, you're like, I don't know how to wire up a receptacle. You're getting the process right now. That's right. Hey, I actually know this one. So I know where you're headed, but good. I do. Good. I actually so, know this one. On that's that's good to hear. The the <laughs> ground wire, which is the one that is we call it the like just in case wire. Like if something electrical hits metal, the ground wire takes the electricity back to ground, trips the breaker, it's that kind of a thing. So the ground wire goes on the green screw. The white wire is your neutral wire. This is the wire that takes electricity back to source. Okay, so that goes on the silver terminal. And the black wire, which is your hot or your constant electricity to the source, goes to the black screw or to the brass screw. Okay, so it goes through on usually a black, red, blue. I'm not going to get too into electrical here. But anyway, we have a phrase um, in the electrical field to help people remember to hook the black up to the right terminal and not to put the black conductor on the silver conductor. That phrase is black on brass saves your ass. Okay. Black on brass saves your ass. I'm with middle schoolers teaching them <laughs> how to install a receptacle. I've taught for 10 plus years in the electrical trade at trade schools and out in the field. I mean, I've been doing this for a while. That verbiage is still part of my vernacular. And so I, even in the trade schools, that's what I said. Okay. You know where this is going. And yep. so there I am with 15, 20 plus middle school kids 
and I'm teaching them and I'm connecting. They're enjoying it. They're laughing. This is, this is a great time. And I said, just remember kids, black on brass say, and I look back in the back <laughs> of the room <clears throat> and the teacher's eyes got really big. <laughs> and I realized she knew this phrase, which was great. I was like, this girl knows home improvement. She knows how to hook up electricity. This is wonderful. That's awesome. But halfway through, I went black on brass saves and my eyes got that big. I went <clears throat> black on brass. Your life will last. Like I got lucky <laughs> oh, and she damn. just started teacher in the back of the room just starts cracking up. <laughs> Students look back confused. But my point is like, you should be paying attention to your surroundings. Yes. They would have known how to hook up a receptacle and never forgot black umbra saved your ass. That's okay, right. I know they wouldn't have, but that was not the time for me to give that that little quick-witted saying. So reading the room is so much about knowing at any given moment. Okay, so it's it's knowing a few things. Now, we're gonna walk into different situations, different rooms. You gotta be able to know, first off, Who's your audience? Like, who's, is it a customer, a teammate, a child? For the love of goodness, a child, be careful. Yes. And, and not just who are they, but like, what do they want in that time? Part of picking up on, on tone of a room is knowing like, like, like it's tone is almost to be matched at times. It's not to be counteracted. I'm not saying never, but like, like going to a funeral is rough. It should be. It's somber at times. It should be. That's okay. Like that is not a bad thing. Um, because we're all having those emotions. Like this is this is where, like, you know, you hear the phrase misery loves company. Like happiness loves company too. Yeah. Like curiosity and creativity love company too. I think it's just the idea that the emotional tone of a room at times wants people to engage in that tone. And so I think that's the thing we got to be able to understand is like, who's the audience and what do they want, right? Mm -hmm. What are they needing in that moment? Um, now this, there is an art to managing a room that I think we'll, we might actually talk about next episode is how do we go yeah. manage and dig into like leading a room and leading that mm -hmm. tone. Um, but the first part of that is you're never going to be there if you can't read a room and read the tone in a room. Yeah. The next thing you need to think through is really like, what do you need to convey? Like, and what is the best way to accomplish that? So, and it might be say nothing at all. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always yeah. do something, say something. Sometimes it's, yeah, you don't, you don't need to say it. Um, and then also part of that is when should you say it? Like, when is the right time to say what you need to say slash do you really need to say it? Yeah. Okay. We don't need to know every opinion you have at every point in the day all the time. I know it's hard. Like I'm classic overshare. I want everyone to know everything about me. But remember, like, we're not the main character in this story. Hmm. We're not. Okay. We're all living life. We're all doing yeah. these things. It's not about you. You don't need to be the one who's, um, always sharing about themselves. Um, I think, I think about Jen Ramo. I think she is clutch. 
And, and we've had Jen Ramo twice on our podcast because she just, dang, right? Yeah. She is clutch at reading a room. Like I'm, she blows me yeah, away when I'm is. with her in any situation. I know, and, and she's an eight on the Enneagram like me, and which is really hard to be like, like we don't like to be phony at all. Like it is, it feels inauthentic, but she'll walk into a room and just owns it and still authentically stays her. And she walks mm. into the room and just knows where things are. In fact, I remember our first meeting that we ever had with her when we were like, <laughs> this is when we were like, I think we're going to look for someone to help us implement EOS and traction and stuff. And so yeah. she came in and I still remember one of our first like meetings that we were having. And I was, we were just talking and I started cussing because we were in our that's, office, that's right. we were doing our thing. And I started cussing because like, for me, I'm like, hey, in times of vulnerability and uh, where we're going to dig into something that's very emotional and personal to me, I'm going to cuss because I don't want to have to censor myself and my emotions on those things. Okay, so again, that's me reading the room, knowing what I want about a certain situation and feeling the permission to do so. And I remember right away after I cussed, she smiled and she said, thanks so much for breaking that barrier of, of is cussing okay? She's like, yeah. I really effing appreciate it. <laughs> and I was just yes. like, from there, but she was just so good. Like I would have had no yeah. clue because yeah. she knew, read the room, wait for the room to show you, like, what are the rules for the game? And she yeah. just did such a good job. Jen, if you're hearing this, way to go. You blow me away and like, you've helped me a ton in that that concept so yeah yeah and that's i mean that's a that's a perfect example too of how we can't handle each situation the same right um as we walk into rooms those rooms are going to be different if they had labels on them like you were talking about earlier danger you know rough conversation or danger confrontation danger um friend um friends whatever right we don't get those friends cues. fly down got it okay cool Cool. Friends fly out. Yes. Yeah. All those things are different situations and how we handle them. We have to handle each one of them differently. So we can't just walk into the room and or into a conversation and just assume it's always going to be the same. That's why this is so important is to learn um, and to, to grow in that learning of these these soft skills, this communication, leadership um, <clears throat> when it comes to walking into that room, because as we're going to like you mentioned yes, uh, earlier, we're going to try to get into maybe next time talking about how to manage the room. Right. Mm. But you can't manage something that you don't know what's going on. Right. Mm. It'd be terrible if you walked into a situation and tried to take over, but you don't actually know what's happening. Um, yeah. I've been there before. Um, so mm. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm trained in, in theater. Uh, I think I've mentioned that before. I've got a degree in theater. I've done directing before or after the armored car. That was actually before, um, quite a, yeah, a ways before actually, but yes. Um, theater boy to armored car. Actually theater boy to, um, what did I do first? Uh, security guard at the airport. <laughs> yeah. There so, we go. Perfect. It's, uh, it's pretty right. It's pretty normal, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm trained in, in theater. So <clears throat> there have been times I've walked into a rehearsal room and I've read 
what's going on. And I started to take over and then very quickly realized that the person in there had it under control. Um, and they were actually progressing. They were just allowing the person on stage to have a, a moment of pause or mm. feel the emotion or whatever it is. And I thought, oh, nothing's happening and we have to get this moving, right? So I didn't read the room properly. But that's why it's so important to realize we can't we can't treat each one of these situations the exact same way. And that's it's just it's pointless for us to try to do that. We've got to learn to do this. I think it's important that we talk about too that as we go into these, um, you're going to have, I kind of feel like this is a movie. I would love to do a movie on this, but different or multiple outcomes based on how you interact or react. Right. And based on your tone, your posture, your thoughts, like all these things come into play to create the situation or the outcome of that situation. Right. So if you walk into a room, um, and you see people's nobody's talking out loud and they're all sitting in their, in their own little groups. You're immediately telling a story of what's happening in that room. The reality is that may not be true. It may be true, but it may not be right. You may come up with this story in your head that everybody just got out of a fight and they're all pissed off at each other. And you walk in and start, you know, try to, to help them all communicate better and, and, and work out the problems when the reality is they're just a group of people who don't know each other. And they're just trying to get to know each other. Your response to that is complete, completely different. And then flip it around too. When you walk in a room, people are watching you too, right? Probably more often than we realize, people look at us um, and read our expression. They read our body language. They, um, they listen to the tone that we say things to others, not necessarily directly to them. And they're making assumptions. They're reading us. They're reading how we're interacting uh, with others. And that's something to think of too, as we read the room, knowing that our responses, when we bring them up, they're going to be interpreted as well. And um, learning how to get to a point where you understand uh, what's going on in the room and you understand how you're going to be, for the most part, received is going to be crucial to understanding uh, how to read the room and then moving forward, how to, as we've kind of alluded to, um, how to manage the room. Yeah. Yeah, it really, I, I think just the key indicator here, like we talked about this being less tangible. Sure, there are things we can do, yeah. um, things we need to know, but really, I, I think just being aware is yeah. is one of the most important things. In you, as you're in the in the room, think, think before you take any action. Think before you speak. Think before you, until you know what's going on in the room that is so wise you do such service to people when you allow the room to kind of show you what's going on walking in like you maybe maybe not everyone can't do this but like when you walk into a room the tone will tell you what's going on when there's been a fight you didn't have to witness the fight <laughs> to walk into that room and just know like there's been a fight here like something's happened i can just sense it um you know you got to get a lay of the land. You got to be able to just understand what the environment is before you start to wreak havoc or help others like help others feel comfortable about the room too. Um, it's kind of hits close to home for me. Uh, I want to, we, we put, put our dog down of 12 years. Uh, we had to put our dog down last week. And in the midst of that, as we were going through it, like it was hitting me. It was hard. 
um, when Lindsay and I went to the vet office, uh, that's when it got real, right? And so we're we're in the 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 I don't know ex- exam room with with yeah. Watson, and I'll tell you, I could feel the the sense and the weight of everything. Those the the veterinarians did such an amazing job, and when they came into the room, they talked to us about our options, talked to us about what was going on looked at Watson, checked everything up and they said, yeah, we we're with you. We know this, this is, this is hard. We're so sorry. Here, here are the things, you know, we can do. Uh, you can be a part of this process. You don't have to be a part of this process. We, we just want to make sure you guys, you know, you know, we can give him a sedative first and then we'll, you know, give him the, the other injection that will stop his heart. And it was, you know, we're having a hard time even knowing what to do. We're just, struggling and so here we are they're like hey we're going to give you some room to talk about this Hmm. they walked out of the room Lindsay and i talk about it they came back and they're like um you know we were like you know if the sedative puts him to sleep before we'll we'll walk out because we don't need to see him necessarily go but at the same time like they're like okay totally fine and so we're sitting there and um they gave him the sedative and he just hung around and you know the doctor's like it's your guys's call whatever you want to do if you want to stay here and watson's eyes are still open and Lindsay is like i can't leave and it was just like okay like it's totally fine we're gonna stay and we just stayed there with him through the whole process and it was so like i just was so thankful for how well those doctors read the room those vets looked at the whole situation they they knew the struggle. They knew the pain. They're in it day in and day out. They understood how to help us feel good about the room. If they would have walked in and be like, get out, we got to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, which can happen and does happen. That's why we have yeah. horror stories of these things. Right. Because people don't know how to read a room. They honored our dog. They honored us by the way that they read a room. And we could not. And I mean, I'm here on a podcast telling about this story because how well they did is showing empathy, understanding the situation, understand saying the right things at the right time. Um, so kind of to that, be flexible when you come into a room. And, and I we keep saying come into a room like it's an actual room. This is a proverbial room. It's just a situation. Yeah. It's just a, a group of people or whatever. But be flexible. You know, this is not about becoming a chameleon in the room. Like, I got to become whatever the room is. It's just understanding what's your environment at the moment and knowing what the subtle rules are because there do kind of become rules of engagement, rules to the Mm -hmm. game. Um, And, like, honestly, kind of like, what should I be wearing when I go into this (laughs) scenario? Those are smart ideas too. Okay, so those are just things, like, to kind of think through before you just jump in and – almost cause more damage than you need to. Yeah. And this is not, it's not something that you're going to pick up overnight either. Right. Um, It's something I'm sure I'm so glad to hear that your, your experience with those vets was good because I've, I've heard so many horror stories, but I imagine it's not their first time. Right. And that sucks. It absolutely sucks, but it, it shows that they've, that they've walked through this. They've been through the situations. They've been probably through many situations um, different responses and 
um, they've acquired that ability. They've acquired that skill to read the room. Um, I'm still not great at this. I know that. There are times when I think I've got it, you know, I walk into a meeting and I'm like, man, it's going to be a great meeting. And three seconds in, it turns out to be not what I'm thinking. Might be a great meeting still, but it's not what I'm thinking. You know, or I walk into a meeting or about to walk into a meeting and my, my brain is just telling me these stories of, man, this is going to suck. They're going to yell at me. Um, I know these situations are rough. I had one a um, couple months ago where I had to go to a job site and I was dreading it because uh, there had been some some conflict over certain work thing, uh, certain things that need to be done with the work. And I was there to, to basically show them that what they were asking for was unreasonable um, and uh, not part of the work that we should be doing. And I was really nervous because the interactions I had had before were not the greatest. And I walked in very defensive, um, ready to to dispute anything. Um, and it turned out to be an absolute nothing conversation. Um, we got talking about it and they were like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Immediately disarmed and, and taken yeah. aback. But, you know, just again, proof that I still need to work on this. This is not something that just happens overnight. You learn it, right? Um, and, and we've said this a couple of times. I just kind of want to clarify. We've talked about tone of voice and we're going to kind of get into this here a little bit more. Um, but your tone of voice, we're not talking about like the pitch or the height or the depth of where your voice lands, but how you're speaking. It's how the character of what you're saying comes through in your words, either written or spoken, right? So it, it's, it's your tone of voice is how you're being portrayed when you speak. Um, and uh, so <laughs> kind of have a funny story uh, about this in communication actually happened this morning. Um, and that was, uh, we uh, were in the process of working with a consultant to get a logo created for us. And I made a request uh, for something to be added to it. Um, I, I wanted a lightning bolt put on there. And I was thinking something like uh, what's in one of our logos has a, a stylized, almost cartoonish lightning bolt in one of our logos. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was thinking. So when I communicated that, I didn't clarify that, but I said it. Um, and the guy sent back um, this logo, which is awesome, but it has real lightning bolts shooting through the logo animation. And it just, to me, like it shows again, I, I didn't read the situation. This, this guy is doing a great job, but he's trying to get done, get done quickly. And I need to be clear on that. I didn't quite read the fact that he was going to, uh, to jump onto that quick and just kind of finish it up. Yeah. I do think tone as well, though, there is something to, like it isn't always how your tone was brought about, mm. like the how heavy, like how low it is or how high it is, like yeah. But that does matter too, like. Mm -hmm. And we, I do think there's a part of us that does uniquely get this because when you have a baby in your hands, you you feel this. Hi there, how you doing? You know, That's true. like how what's Good going point. on? Like we do kind of pick up on some of that stuff. So, uh, and when you're like ready to fight kind of like get ready and like, yeah so what's what's the problem like what do we got to fix here yes. and that's not that's me over yeah, my voice is never that deep but <laughs> you see the point that when we we do that to our voice and sometimes we need to realize that our the tone of our voice actually does matter when it comes to that kind of transition that's a good point i appreciate you bringing that up because that's not i hadn't thought about that but you're absolutely correct um and that this is this is where we kind of transition into some um, this is a little more tangible items um, than we've kind of been talking about. But 
one thing that you can do to help um, learn more about the room or the situation is uh, it, it's an old it's an old saying, but you know you've got two ears and and one mouth, so double the listening, right? It's true. Mm. Listen more than you speak. Um, yeah. If you if you're walking into a situation, the more you can learn about it the better off you're going to be to be able to handle whatever situation comes up. So take that time to listen, right? Take the time to, to really gain what's going on in that room. We just talked about this in our last episode uh, about listening versus hearing and, and how to practice good listening skills and what that looks like. So if you've missed that and you're just jumping in now, go ahead, uh, jump back and listen to that. The other part too that you can do is, is using your eyes, right? So while you're listening, also look around see what the posture is of the people in the room, right? See how they're sitting, see how they're standing, see who they're talking to, who they're maybe they're not talking to, where they're facing, where they're not facing, right? Um, if everybody in the room is facing one direction, it's away from you, you're probably at the back of the room. And that's sometimes a good thing to know, right? If you walk in and everybody's looking at you, maybe you want, want to find a different Oops. entrance or yeah, or you're the speaker and don't realize it, right? <laughs> maybe you're the guest speaker and just didn't realize it. Um, yeah. But Take time to observe, take time to look around, take time to listen, assess everything before you just jump in and make assumptions about what's going on and try to do whatever, right? Yeah, yeah the, I always, I, I've probably said this on this podcast, I don't know, but I, did you ever watch Boy Meets World? No, I actually didn't. Did you ever have a TV? Actually growing up, not really. Oh my goodness. I love finding things out about you on the podcast. This is great. Okay. Boy meets world. They start further back. Uh, I think in the fifties, they started coming out with these things called TVs and TVs. Okay. Cool. Okay. You got that one. All right. Got so anyway, one. boy meets world. Uh, excellent show, but there was early on in one of the seasons, uh, one of the early seasons, uh, there was this character named Corey, who's the main character. And he's really aloof, not paying attention a lot of the times. And he was in class and Mr. Feeney was talking about uh, how there are some people who are just so aloof and don't pay attention and stuff. And the whole class started turning around and looking at Corey <laughs> oh, and he's not paying attention. He's like looking down, doing something and yep. he looks up and he sees everyone looking at him and he just looks around. And he's like, so I got a booger. <laughs> like he's just so, <laughs> but I, I think like, you're right. Not, not understanding and observing the room like to me that is like classic reading a room kind of moment um but reading posture reading expressions being able to know what's going on it takes that visually understanding what's going on it takes listening to obviously mr feeney um greatest teacher of all time but it takes those things to rightfully read a room i think yeah. another thing is you got to have have grace when reading a room. Okay. Like I don't assume the worst in everyone. If you walk yeah. into a room or walk into a situation as you did, Pete, with the assumption of what's going on, yeah. you're going to be engaging in confirmation bias that is actively looking to prove your point, right. not actively looking to know what's going on. You're actively looking to prove your point. That's not good. That's not good at reading a room because all you're going to do is be right. And being right is not the real deal. That's not what it's all about. This is this is why there are, there are great videos about RBF, resting bitch face game. <laughs> yes. There are great videos about this because yes, RBF, I've got it. RBF is one of those things that like 
there's nothing else going on, but you just have that look. Well, you're going to walk in, you're going to tell a story. That person hates me. You're going to think that, oh, I don't want to be their friend of this. And you're going to just like cut off something completely. They had nothing really to do with it outside of having that, that, uh, condition of RBF. Um, but (laughs) like you, you gotta, you gotta be able to go in and get curious. Um, you know, this, this makes me think of like, Lindsay tells me all the, all the time. She's like, you, when you think Blake, I know you're thinking, Mm. or I know you're pissed off. It's one of those two. When you have that face, it's only one of those two. And I'll catch myself as I'm deep in a thought or doing something for business or I'm like writing and I just, I just have that face and Mm -hmm. Lindsay will walk in and be like, okay. Or are you working hard? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes. and I'll like, I can just feel my forehead. <laughs> like, but listen, I'm not trying Relax. to, okay. I'm not yes. trying to, this is just, this is the way my face looks. Okay. And it's the only one I got. So, um, <laughs> but I do think there are things we can do as well. Um, and still kind of within grace, uh, to take note of other cues too. Uh, I know right now we're wearing AirPods for the uh-huh. sake of, not having an echo on our mics. Okay. So that's, that's the purpose. If you're ever like, why are they wearing AirPods and they're in two different rooms? It's because we don't want an echo to come through and you'd be like, this is the worst audio I've ever heard. We're doing it for you. Okay. I don't enjoy this. (laughs) But anyway, when I go to a coffee shop and you see someone with AirPods in, chances are they do want left alone. Like there are some Mm -hmm. cues that we can do things to make it obvious I can't talk right now. Like I'm trying to do things. And this is one, like you're at a coffee shop, a social place, a place that already has music. You don't need your music. It's a clear sign. I I think we should probably let that person be. Um, I'm not saying that's always the case, but 90% of the time they're trying to focus and that's the best way to do this. I'm literally, I'll go to coffee shops and when I got to focus, I throw them in. I am not listening to anything. There's no music. There's no, there's, they're not even on. I just have I them it. in my ears so that people understand a potential social cue that I need to be about what I'm about in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Um, I, so I'm one of those weirdos that when I do go to a coffee shop, if I throw them in, I'm actually listening to something. It, it's usually because I don't like the music or the music that is going on at that point is not stimulating me for my work or whatever it is at that point. So I'm a weirdo, but I'm with you. Uh, I see that all the time and I see people even now, like in the grocery store, you'll see them with the AirPods in and you know, not to talk to them. Don't say hi to them. They're going to breeze through the checkout. They, they are yeah. focused. They, they've got a plan and they got to get something done. Yeah. Um, when you're, when you're talking in these situations, right. Um, talking about things to watch and things to take note of, um, you know, take watching for other cues and things like that, but also be aware of how your voice sounds. Um, it's, it's easy kind of with, with, with RBF. Um, we don't really always think about how our face <laughs> sits. I know I have this too. Um, my wife will always look at me like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, why? And then I'll realize, oh, my face doesn't, you know, show that I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but your, your tone and your emphasis is how we convey the feelings behind our words. Right. So this is where, where you can say the same thing twice and have two completely different meanings. Um, just take, for example, the phrase, so good to see you. Right there, I said, so was my emphasis. Um, or I could say, so good to see you. Or I could change it up a little bit and say, so good to see you. 
you know, and that has a, a, a negative. Yeah. Right. Whoa. That has a negative, but <laughs> oh, no, positive connotation. <laughs> it can have many connotations depending on how you say it. Right. So even in your reading of the room, listening to the emphasis or the tone of other people, and then also how you speak, this is going to come into play also when we're talking about managing a room, like how do you lead the room? Right. And then for me to ask for feedback, right? You walked into a situation, you started speaking, you felt good about it, um, you know, but then you've got, you've got a buddy who was there and you go, Hey, how did that go? And they look at you and go, Oh, not great. Um, or, Hey, that was perfect. It was great. You did a great job of walking in that situation. Right. Um, so perfect example of this. I was actually laughing yesterday as I was writing this down and thinking about it. Um, we had a, a zoom call meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago and, uh, my wife had been sick at the time and I was, I was, the kids were sick. I was not sleeping great. Um, so I was running on almost no sleep whatsoever. And we got on the meeting and I it just felt like I was off and I got to the end of it and we, we, we closed up the meeting, nothing great or big or anything like that happened. It wasn't, you know, super notable, but I talked to Blake later on that day and I was like, Hey man, did I, did I sound like an asshole on that, that meeting earlier today? And he looks at me and goes, at what point? <laughs> to which I just I started dying laughing, realizing okay that was the perfect did answer. You feel like yes. you're an asshole because right, it it felt like all of it to me. Yes, pretty much. And I like I realized, hey, I I was I just was not controlling my face, and I came across with that resting bitch face and sounded like an asshole. Not my intention whatsoever, not at all. And I apologize to everybody that was in there, but that was that was a good opportunity for me to learn how I come across um, when I'm entering a situation or when I'm reading a room. As we grow as leaders, this is something that we need to grow in as well. Um, we're going to have these situations where we need to be able to read the room or read the situation quickly. And it's really a lot about listening and observing, listening to what's being said, taking more time to listen than to talk, watching the room, observing what's going on, having grace as you walk into that situation, or as you walk into a conversation, keep your assumptions to a minimum, know that you're going to create that story. So be on guard to not create a story that's unrealistic or is unreasonable. Give yourself that time to learn about what's going on. Be flexible as you go into the room, listen to your tone, ask for feedback after a situation. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Rich Line Leadership Podcast. See you guys next time. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, a.k.a. Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song.